Chapter 12 There were a lot of things Silverbell Smith was hoping she would find on the other side of that portal. A safe place, a group of music makers joyfully wielding instruments in their hands, her parents. But the one thing she had not been hoping to find was Harry Horton Cove. He was standing there, motionless, when they stepped through the portal, looking as dumbfounded to see them as they were to see him. For a long moment, the three children stared at Harry Horton Cove, and Harry Horton Cove stared back at the three children. No one moving, no one breathing, no one knowing just what was happening. Music makers. He stuttered the words out sickeningly, as if they were hard to say but wonderful to taste, his eyes going cross and his teeth showing in a half-smile. Louis gasped, Tico raised an eyebrow, and Silverbell took charge. She instructed, and the three set off running, not sure where they were, but it seemed only right to figure it out on the go. Why are we running? Tico called to them as he ran in stride with Silverbell and Louis. Very bad man behind us, Louis said through clipped breaths. No, no, no! They heard the shouts of Cove from behind them, and Silverbell looked over her shoulder to see him galloping in his strange all-fours gait. And two, she finally saw where they had ended up. It was a theater like the big cinemas in New Bravo City, but without a screen and without a projector, and strangely without walls? Well, there were walls, but they were half-deteriorated, letting in light from the outside, illuminating the sad interior's tragic beauty. The building was a mess, burned and charred, the chairs ripped, the floors cracked, and the stage was covered in holes and reckless debris. It was a place that might have been stunning once, but was now a travesty, and a battlefield for the trio. You know, Louis, when you said that portal might not take us where we wanted to go, I didn't realize you meant it would take us to the worst possible place in the universe! She shouted to him as they sprinted down the aisle. I didn't mean to, Louis whimpered, following her just a pace behind. Running to the doors at the back of the audience, Silverbell yanked at a rusted handle, but found that the lock was intact, probably the only thing intact in this whole horrible place. This way! Tico said, eyeing a staircase beside them that still looked usable, though there were a few steps missing. You can't leave. No, you can't leave the theater. Not the finale theater! Cove's babbling and rambling grew close to them as he hurtled down the torn carpet of the velvet aisle. Sorry, I've got a prior engagement. Silverbow shouted over the rising banister to the man in pursuit. Whoa! Tico screamed as he stepped up onto the landing of the second floor, and the ground collapsed under his weight. Gotcha! Silverbell lunged out and pulled Tico away from the hole, threatening to take him back down to the first floor. Don't fall! They heard Cove shout from the bottom of the stairs, and they heeded his frightening warning well enough as they summited up onto the balcony. Okay, anybody see a way out? Silverbell asked of her friends as they barreled through rows of battered and burned theater seats in the balcony. Well, due to the fact that we're on the second floor, no. Tico looked around frantically for a window, or another stairwell, or a ramp, but there was only destruction and decay. Any chance of another portal right now, Louis boy? Silverbell asked. Louis made a strange wheezing noise that was half panic, half asthma, and frankly to Silverbell, completely unnerving. I'm going to guess that's a no. Look, ladder. Tico called, pointing to the iron rungs climbing up a bit of the wall that was still standing and reaching into the rusted catwalk high above. Sometimes you've got to go up to go down, I guess. Silverbell said this, hoping that it turned out to be as true as it sounded. Let's make it happen. And sprinting to the wall, she quickly began to lead their ascent. Silverbell! 
Louis called to her, terrified as a horrible cracking sound emitted from the ladder and a series of nails trickled to the floor. That can't be good, Silverbell commented, looking down at him. Probably not. It was only three rungs to the top. Silverbell Smith was certain the ladder would stay together till then. It was only four rungs to the top. Louis Barimbe was certain the ladder would stay together till then. It was only five rungs to the top. Tiko Taki was certain the ladder would stay together till then. Silverbell and Louie were right. The ladder shook beneath Silverbell as she climbed into the rafters of the theater, and the ladder rocked beneath Louie as he climbed up after her. But as Tiko went to climb into the rafters beside them, the ladder shook and rocked and then suddenly collapsed. Ah! Tiko screamed as he tumbled down to the ground. Tiko! Louie shouted after him, clinging to the supports in the rafters with all his strength. Are you okay? Silverbell called. She could see him lying there beneath the ladder, his eyes closed, his body still. What do we do? Terror consumed Louis as his little body shook, and from his eyes tears began to flow, and again the universe toppled around him. We... Silverbell had to make this right. They couldn't just leave Tico. They couldn't stay here. It couldn't end like this. And then Silverbell realized they couldn't do anything at all. It was already too late. Up, up... Up! Silverbell and Louie turned their heads at the sound of Cove's voice, whom they expected to see pacing around the ground far below them. But to their horror, he was climbing up the opposite wall. There was no ladder or rope or stairs, but instead, by the strength of his arms and by way of the bricks on the crumbling wall, Harry Horton Cove was hoisting himself up the side of the building and towards the catwalk where they were now stranded. I'm coming to get you! I'm coming to get you, music makers! Louis, you've got to make another portal. Silverbell told him with no extra touch of tenderness or tact. There was no time for that. I don't think I... Louis was inconsolable, lost in his own terror and turmoil. I can't. Not with him. No, Cove. I... Don't think, just do! Silverbell begged, pleaded, demanded of him as she pulled her own instrument from her backpack and started to play. Louis! You have to come with me again. Cove called as he inch by inch and brick by brick pulled himself higher and higher, his rambling growing more wild with Silverbell's song growing more desperate. Flute, I gotta find the flute. I found the violin. I gotta keep the violin. I found the violin and the flute. As Silverbell hit the final note of her familiar ditty, an apple fell at her feet on the beam. You'll never have my violin, Harry Horton Cove! With as much power as she could muster, she hurled the apple at him, but he dodged it with a leap and a grasp, his journey upward unhalted. Louis, how's that portal coming? Silverbell hissed to him, but the sound of his labored breaths and his weak notes told her everything she needed to know. Who are you? Harry Horton Cove called to her, yelled to her, threatened her. Someone who hates you, she sneered. You're a music maker. He pointed out as he summited the ladder and came to stand on the steel beam of the catwalk with the ferocity that Silverbell found disgusting. Good catch there! Silverbell growled as she played on, Cove's presence ever looming. But you're just a child. He took a step forward. His voice was snake-like, and his face hypnotized her with fear. I wonder how you got left behind, he said, approaching her slowly. This pandering lit the fire within Silverbell again, and she struck a chord fiercely as another apple fell before her. With a wild scream, Silverbell grabbed the apple and hurled it at his big, stupid head. 
Her aim was perfect, hitting him square in the face, but he managed to stay standing in the rafters as he clutched to the beam with his animal-like reflexes. He lifted his head, and Soberbell could see that his teeth were gritted with a burning anger unlike any she had ever seen before, seething from his whole body. Stop trying to make me your enemy! He screamed, and like a feral beast, shot at them across the steel beam. Louis! Without thinking, Silverbell took Louis Barimbe in her arms, still holding her instrument in her hands, holding them both with love and loss. I'm sorry, Silverbell, he whispered helplessly in her ear. Silverbell closed her eyes and waited for Cove to take hold of them, but as she hid in the darkness, nothing happened. Silverbell, Louis squeaked after a long moment of silence and inaction. Louis? Did he get us? I... Silverbell stuttered. I don't think so. Slowly, she opened one eye, and then the other, only to find Harry Horton Cove frozen in time.